this week on Erotic Awakening, switching, corporal punishment, and fan art. BDSM and non-standard relationships. Power exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well, well as simply, simply fun kink. You'll find shows on these topics and all things Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Today on the podcast, we have a wonderful interview with Reinhardt on corporal punishment, which I really didn't even know what he intended us to learn about that. But I really enjoyed the interview, and I hope that you will as well. I hope I will, too, because I had to watch the door at the space while you did the interview, (laughs) so I didn't get to participate. But before we get into that, we have a question of the day. We have a ton of questions of the day. Yay, thank you, people, because they're rolling in, so that gives us something to talk about. People such (laughs) as Kinky in North NorCal, Howlin' Purr, Northern Red Light, Ohio Hedgehog, Magpie, and Shayla sent in a lot of great questions. So we'll end up doing a drawing for a set of Kinkstarter cards at the end of the month. So keep rolling your questions in and we'll, for each question, we will put your name in a drawing. But our first question mm-hmm. of those... The first one we chose. Yes, is Dawn, have you ever tried switching? Now, is the question, have I ever tried switching as in I am usually a bottom and I've tried topping or have I ever tried switching with you? Uh, have you ever tried <laughs> switching with me? No. <laughs> have you ever tried topping? Normally you're a bottom. Yes. So the idea of switching, normally you're identify one way, but sometimes you go, or maybe half the time you're one way, half the time you're the other way. Half the mm-hmm. time you're a BDSM top, the other half the time you're a BDSM bottom. Right. Uh, have you ever, you're normally, you're not half the time, you're much more than half the time. Mm-hmm. 95% of the time. <laughs> bottoming. Bottom. Have you ever tried topping? I have tried topping. So, but um, I find that I only, so far... Right. So far, I only like topping if I'm co-topping with you. Right. And you're the leader and I'm the Vanna White. Or I've done a little bit more with um, both of us just watching what each other's doing and I'm getting in and doing a little more. And then um, I've done ritual topping where I'm the priestess doing the topping, which is a totally different animal. And um, but that's about it. I like bottoming. And when I saw the question come in, I thought she was asking if I ever switched with you or if you and I ever switched. Uh, I don't see that happening. Not on a DS level. Maybe maybe at some point on a play level. What about that time Uh where we were in Canada and it was my birthday Mm -hmm. and multiple naked hotties Mm -hmm. did... um, a sacred touch. Sacred touch on me. Yeah. Were you one of the people touching me? I was watching. Okay. So, so that wouldn't be switching. I watched them because they both had long hair and had their hair all over you. It was just rubbing you. And that was actually really hot. <laughs> no, I was the coordinator of that. <laughs> Not the same as switching. Then. Not the same as switching. Even at the spanking party when you got up on the spanking bench and you didn't want to pick anybody else for the icebreaker mm-hmm. and you didn't right. want to pick anybody else to spank you and you picked me and then you dropped your drawers and told me to give you a hard one and i did yes sir <laughs> i still don't see that as switching no that's more fucking around that's more yeah that's more fucking around and you telling me to do something so to me that's still not switching mm-hmm. now we know many people that do mm-hmm. as a couple switch and have no opinion one way or the other if it works for you wonderful keep doing it I don't think it works for us particularly well. I have 
switched on occasion. I've bottomed on occasion. I'm normally identified as a top. Every once in a while, I've bottomed. I've been flogged. Yeah, but I was going to say, when you say every once in a while, I'm thinking like two times in the last 18 years. No, it's been more than that, but not much more. <laughs> Three, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's more to prove a point than... It's awesome. Oh, I can think of once where it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's there's times when it's not to prove a point, but, but the person on the other end says, why don't you try bottoming and I will um, give you pleasure. And I will define and negotiate what that means to me because I don't like pain as a sensation whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So, does, you know, so I've tried bottoming here yeah. and there. Yeah. Now, would you consider the ritual that we did where I was your priestess sticking needles in you? Would you consider that bottoming or is that ritual? So it's different. I consider it um, ritual and bottoming and different. All of the above. Okay. Uh, yes, yeah. it can be all of the but above. So that's oh. a little bit different as well because that's not really a BDSM scene. No, but we use BDSM to generate the energy. Right. So right. And needles, not like whips or anything. Yeah. But. Needles were plenty, thank you. It was still pokey. <laughs> yes. So uh, I think that you and I both switch on occasion. It's not our preference. Mm-mm. But certainly there's, when it, the but we're also, and I don't know if you'll enjoy this word, to some extent we are also hedonist. So if mm-hmm. somebody offers mm-hmm. us the opportunity for pleasure, we're not going to turn it down just because we don't normally wear a particular label. Mm. You you remember I don't like that word. I so do remember much. you don't so like that word. Yes, it's because of a so not not any affront to any self-identifying hedonist out there. But I I had a therapist use it against me, and um, so then I started thinking about it, and it's like, I have a little issue with that word. Mm-hmm. So we should probably talk about that yeah. at some point. So it's a dawn thing. It's not a big thing, but yeah. And, and I would be willing to switch to. In, in my case, that would mean bottom again in different in certain situations. I don't think you and I are very good at switching with each other. I think that does is not an energy that works for us. Yeah. But I can. But I've seen you top other people, and um, I certainly don't mind bottoming on occasion in a controlled situation. Yeah, it's you know? still very rare. Mm-hmm. We're talking over 18 years. I mean, so we have experienced it a little bit, but yeah, still very rare puppy. And I'm okay with that. I keep thinking that if I would become a switch, I would actually find more play. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I would absolutely. And I I had friends a while back when I first got in the community that decided to become tops and switch so that they would get more play because it was hard for them as bottoms to find um, consistent play, Mm -hmm. which they needed. And I I find that as well as a bottom. It's hard to find consistent play with other people. But I've tried the topping, and the couple of experiences I've had have been okay, but it's just not a drive, Mm -hmm. you know? It just doesn't feed me like bottoming does. So maybe we're just... I don't know. Maybe some of us are just wired that way. Maybe it's just a preference. Absolutely. I don't know. You know so, so there you go. But yes, we have. Yes, it's rare. Doesn't mean it won't happen again. If you would like to switch <laughs> with us, feel free to reach out to us oh, via God. the contact form on the website, eroticawakening.com. So you can also follow us on FetLife. Uh, we're the owners of the Fet Group, Erotic Awakening, and just write us there. There you go. So recently, Dawn, I posted an excerpt of our upcoming Polly book to our uh, Patreon site. It is a um, it was an unedited version. It's our first draft, but I wanted to post 
get it out there and get a little bit of feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, the feedback that I did get was that uh, somebody responded, well, this makes me very sad. I, I saw that response and I'm like, well, what the hell did you post? So Because right. our poly isn't sad. But it has been. It's had its moments, right? Mm-hmm. So I went and took a look. and uh, I was afraid they were talking about our, ri- our writing style. style. Was so poor that they... they no, were... Well, Dr. Bob just calls... He, he calls it folksy writing. Yeah. So we are very down-to-earth people with the way we write. <laughs> uh, we, are, we write in our voice. Yeah. So which um, for some people is fantastic. For other people like English majors, not so much. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt. And, although we certainly do run it through the editor and all that kind oh, of yeah. jazz. And, and that was the pre-edited version. That's the pre-edited indeed. version. Yep. Uh, you can have access to that as well as a bunch of other stuff that we post by heading over to the Erotic Awakening website and click on the Support Us on Patreon button to keep the podcast going. You can get access to the secret Facebook group, free books and Kickstarter cards, or even one-on-one time with... Dan and Dawn. But do you think we're, we've become too commercial with all this Patreon stuff? Or, I mean, yeah, we have a lot of stuff. Oh, go over to the website and follow yeah, us on Facebook. I like our website, though, and following us on Facebook. I, I like having that. Following us on Facebook, I like having that um, interaction mm-hmm. with people. And Facebook, I'll take a look at. I personally don't think we've become too commercial. I mean, hell, we've been doing this for eight eight years now so right. it could be a lot more commercial i've listened to some podcasts that are <laughs> I, <laughs> more commercial and i can't listen to them anymore i was listening to a podcast and it was by it was an npr pod it wasn't an npr podcast but it was an npr station affiliate sort of thing mm-hmm. and there was literally literally two minutes of commercial content prior to it was no, it wasn't. It was ten minutes of commercial. Con- it was so much so that from the time I started listening to it to the time I got to work, I still hadn't gotten to the meat of the podcast. Oh, I can't do that. It's nutty. At least, at least we're talking our little blurb, you know, and it's not recorded stuff and this and that. I kind of like that it's our stuff as well, even though we've had great sponsors. Oh yeah, absolutely. Over the years, absolutely fantastic. <gasps> Speaking of which. Have I mentioned on here that I got a, a KJ Kane for for Christmas? No, you did not. From from the girlfriend with oh, it's pretty. Yes, it's very pretty. <laughs> it's been used. If uh, <laughs> it now. Yes. Did she use it? Uh-huh. Well, on me. Funny. Yeah, I brought it. She, she it bought it me. and then used it on you. Yeah. Huh. I like that. Happy Merry Christmas to you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, Don, um, I want to mention that we have this new thing on here. We're only we have fifty totally doable sex tips. Really? Yes. This came from thoughtcatalog.com. It's okay. Totally doable fifty sex tips for couples that want to have bed in fun forever. Bed um, in fun forever. How about have fun, fun forever in bed? In bed. Forever. <laughs> Something along those lines. Um, Do you want me to read one? Sure. Yeah. Okay. And then we're going we're gonna to go through these and we'll comment whether we're doing them, whether we think they're doable, or whether uh, we so think they're So we're going to say all three right now? Okay. Yeah, we'll do one, though. Ooh. All right. So this is throw a two-person kissing party for a minimum min, minimum, <laughs> minimum of 30 minutes. Forbid yourselves from doing anything other than kissing. This will force you to get creative with your lips and to kiss body parts that are typically neglected during lovemaking. A kissing party also turns on otherwise benign sex act into something undeniably naughty. So do we do that? 
We do not do that, but I, I love that idea. I feel like we've done it in the past. We've made we've had big makeout sessions. Yeah, yeah, sitting at the soccer park at lunchtime. We've certainly spent a lot of time making out. That's more because of the limitations of being in a car with people around. Right, not because we've decided. Because Gee, we've let's decided. just be limited to this. Though I I bet you. I would say, and and I don't have a specific example in mind, but the first 11 months we dated when we did not have sex, penetrative sex Mm -hmm. to begin with, we spent a lot of time doing that. But again, it wasn't a half hour of this is the only thing we're going to do. So we're getting ready to go to South Plains Leather Conference. Um, Southwest Leather Conference. Southwest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, South Plains is in Texas. That's later. Right. We're We're getting ready to go southwest in Arizona. Like we leave in like three days. Yes. So if if somebody came up to you and said, hey, would you like the scene? And you said, oh, sure. Uh, And they offered a 30-minute makeout scene. Of kissing only? Yeah. I would absolutely love that. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. There's no expectations. mm -hmm. There's no goal. There's no nothing, and that can be vulnerable. Yeah. I. You know what? I would say, yeah, I would absolutely try that. 30 minutes feels like a long time for a makeout session to yeah. me. But um, the only caveat I would have is, okay, let's make out for 30 seconds first because I can tell in 30 <laughs> Give seconds. Give it a try first, right? See if there's a zing. I can tell in 30 seconds if I'm compatible with somebody kissing or not. Yeah. I don't want to get stuck in a 30 minutes of... Why is she biting me again? I hate the fucking biting. What's, where's the tongue? God damn it. All right. So, so we like throwing a two-person yeah. part kissing party. What about this one? Go third hunting together. Even though if you even if you have no intention of orchestrating a threesome, checking other people out and trading notes about what attracts you is a captivating exercise. Plus, merely addressing the possibility of inviting a third party in bed can be exciting. We've done that. Absolutely. <laughs> We've handed notes to people in vanilla setting restaurants before. So, and, uh, and, uh, well, yeah. we had, we did have, well, we've done both. We've done it with the, with having no intention. Very true. And we've done it with the intention of mm-hmm. hooking up. I can remember the one with the no intention. I can remember because I think I was probably going through, um, a body image issue phase at the time. And um, we went to the mall and you told me to look at people's eyes or to look at people and to find one that that you would like to be with. Yes, something that like I that, would like to be that with. That you right, would like right. to be with. And um, that's a really neat exercise because I had to sit there and watch people and then try to pick out someone that would work for Dan. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, you have no body type thing that I could just, <laughs> oh, there, you like big butts. There's somebody with a big butt. Instead, I had to look at people's faces and feel their energy and stuff like that and realize that you weren't body focused. Mm-hmm. And therefore, me having body image issues, thinking you didn't like me or couldn't like me because I was this size or whatever was nonsense. Mm-hmm. And it's a really neat experience to do. And then we've done the whole thing. We've been sitting in a Chinese restaurant going, hey, you see her over there? Yeah, I see her over there. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Oh, I think this. Man, wouldn't it be fun to have her in bed? Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. She's vanilla. Look at her. Hey, let's eat the orange, even though I think this was before we even talked about or knew about eating the orange. It's like, hey, let's do this experience, but do it in such a way that we don't freak her out. Mm -hmm. Right. And we just wrote a little note that said, um, 
uh, uh, we like something about you, I forget what it was, and then had our phone number, if interested in us, and here's our phone number. And then we walked over to her and, and you said, I'm Dan. This is my wife, Dawn. We just, well, we waited till our friend left to go to the bathroom or something. Right. And then we were getting ready to leave the restaurant so that we could bolt. <laughs> and then we gave her the note and we said, you, you know, and you said, you know, this is my wife, Dawn. And we just wanted to let you know that we find you very beautiful. And um, here's our number if you would like to follow up with that. Mm-hmm. And gave her the number and left. And never heard from her, but... But it was a neat experience. It was a neat experience. Yeah. So, And like I said, and, and, and there's a fine line there of how to do that without it being creepy. So, yes. And we were so shy and bashful, hopefully it didn't come across as creepy. Probably <laughs> did. So we've done that one, and then read this third one. Okay. Practice the art of fucking first. What? Hmm. <laughs> the next time you attend a special event or head out to a fancy celebratory dinner, make a point of having sex before you leave the house. That way you can get drunk without worrying about passing out too soon or failing to get it up later. Sober sex is generally better anyway. Okay, have we done this before? Absolutely, but not for the reason they specify. We didn't have sex first because we planned on getting drunk later. Right. And <laughs> But we have had sex to generate energy before a podcast, before a presentation, before we go out to dinner. Well, no. Oh, but that's okay. more to generate. That's why I said we've done it before, but for a different reason. It's not for because we want sober sex before getting drunk. Right. It's because we want to generate energy before something else that takes energy. And for us, this happens to be non-ejaculatory or non-orgasmic sex. sex. So right. yeah, uh, when we do this energy building via sex, we don't have. We don't, matter of fact, kind of like sports people, we have this rule, don't uh, have orgasms before a presentation. presentation. Yes. Right. So we have non-orgasmic sex. I mean, for us to fuck before a presentation and then get right to the point of this is fucking hot, whoa, stop, and then have all the energy built up before a presentation, mm-hmm. that rocks. And then to do it again before the next presentation, that rocks. And then on Sunday, at the end of the event... Bam. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> again, again. <laughs> oh, we have an event coming up. We do days. have an event coming up. So let's wrap this thing up. Uh, tentacle, well, we actually have to get into our interview with Reinhardt. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently you have some tentacle links and more. Indeed. So um, so I think we mentioned Shanwell, Mr. T, last time. Sent octopus art. And then um, Master Witch sent a cool claw and octopus hoodie. Which we did mention last time I as well. We did but the new one is Kitten's Darling made some fan art. Yeah, and we were just, just showing that, yeah. that. So right before the podcast. And one of it is like a it's like a drawing kind of of me mm-hmm. with my face on it. Mm-hmm. And then the tentacles all wrapped around it. And it yes. is really, really hot. So. Which, by the way, because it's naked, I will have to confess, you said, my thighs aren't that big. Ooh, I wish my breasts were that big, though. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, it otherwise really it's pretty does. Damn good. It's, yeah. it's pretty damn good. It's a really great likeness. And then the other one, they took one of my steampunk pictures that must be on my FetLife. Uh-huh. And um, was it digitalized? Nah. Tentacles around it or something. But yeah, so the tentacle around my throat and just... <sighs> It was all good stuff. So that was from Kittens Darling. So thank you very much for that. That uh, steampunk one, I think you should put out there on the Fat Life. Oh, uh, I think I can put, I think I'd put both of them out there. I really <laughs> like right them. Ahead. I really like them. Oh, and the hand-drawn one, the one that was drawn huh? with my face on it, that actually looks kind of like the statue 
picture that I have on FetLife that Barrick sent me. Oh. So they may have kind of copied a little bit Ooh. of that style. So uh, stalking me on FetLife. But Good for them. <laughs> nice. So tonight on the podcast, we are speaking with Reinhardt Lane, who is going to talk about the difference between corporal punishments and other stuff like impact playing stuff. Uh, <laughs> and so let me start off with that. What is corporal punishment? So the way that I've defined corporal punishment is easiest way. You have impact in my view, which is I'm going to thud hit you. And corporal punishment is I'm going to hit you because... Okay. So the, the idea being that while an impact is, it may not have a specific reason behind it. You like pain. I like giving pain. Therefore, we have a reason. Mm -hmm. Whereas a corporal punishment, the idea of a punishment scene is the idea that I am beating you for a reason. You recognize me as a quote unquote authority figure. And this is a direct result of a series of events. Okay. So it's still a BDSM scene. Mm -hmm. But it is within the context of this is why this BDSM scene is happening. Mm -hmm. And it's generally a make-believe sort see, of it reason? Can, see, it can be. So there's a lot of places you can go in terms of where do I find inspiration if I'm going to punish someone. The, the idea originally came for um, my own experience with uh, DS is um, if you've ever seen um, the Twin Towers where Gimli's basically saying, you know, we dwarves are natural sprinters, you know, very dangerous over short distances. And that's kind of me with DS, very dangerous over short distances in terms okay. of not so much a cross-country sprinter. And the idea came with so many of my colleagues in, in the community were, uh, well, this is, this is how I punish my bottom if they, or my sub or my baby girl, if they do something wrong. And it's normally something to the effect of you don't orgasm for X amount of days, or I'm going to do something that is oh, awful and, and horrible and demeaning and things like that. And, and my brain automatically takes those ideas and goes, if you're, if you're, going to dispense with punishment because you are the dominant authority figure out there, then I feel like there needs to be a method to the madness to it. Okay. Is simple orgasm denial. I mean, that that's almost a, that that's almost kind of a game in and of itself. I uh, remember you had a podcast previously, previously where you mentioned somebody talking about how if somebody's getting punished, they're going straight to their reds. So it's like, the, like there's no, it's not, do not, you know, do not pass, go, do not collect $200. It's straight to the red. Uh-huh. So I, I always feel like if there's going to be a system of punishment and rules in place, there almost needs to be a framework behind that. I'm, I'm thrilled that you've listened to the podcast. Most of the people that we end up interviewing don't listen to the podcast. They have no clue what's coming. I did my homework. I appreciate <laughs> that. Speaking of homework, now, before we go any further, you've brought questions with you. Yes. Uh, some people that actually have attended my classes um, at uh, Columbus Corporal Punishment have actually asked me a few things. Uh, the first is, isn't it all supposed to be fun. Why are we doing it otherwise? Well, that's the thing. You can have a regimental structure inside of your DS. That is, you have certain tasks and certain rules that you have to follow and a punishment and reward system. Uh, I, I really believe you can't have one without the other. Okay. If you're going to set up a series of rules that say you break this, X happens, then I think the inverse needs to happen. There needs to be two sides of positive reinforcement. Um, and... Isn't it all supposed to be fun? Yes. That, that, I, I, I kind of feel like that's the entire point of if it's getting you off, if you're really enjoying it, then it's supposed to be fun. Uh, I, I, I try not to take what I do as a sadist too seriously past safety, consent, and the well-being of the person that I'm laying into. 
I kind of my opening joke is always we say this we're like vampires you have to let us in for the bad things to happen. <laughs> so if it's if it's going to be in a framework where you're having it as a regimental day by day these are the tasks I have these are the rewards for completing said tasks these are the punishments for completing said tasks then yeah I mean I I, I don't see any reason why it shouldn't be built around being somewhat fun mm -hmm. depending on how heavy you are into your own personal power exchange okay and let's see I also was asked uh, is it all consensual meaning how are you going to punish someone who gave you consent to cause them pain and withdraw consent whenever they want well, I guess like that's that, a that's a good question. Yeah, I think that all comes down to first thing is if you are going to submit to somebody where they say I want X to happen every day at five on on pain of this, then then I guess the first thing you have to understand is you're recognizing that person as an authority figure. Mm -hmm. The entire idea of of punishment past like childhood is that you know when you're if you're a child and you were spanked, you're you're first off you you're tiny compared to your parents and second off you are in a you recognize implicitly your parents as authority figures for right. better or for worse as we get older we still recognize authority figures uh, the government the police your boss at work it's just it's it's not it's just out of class to like if you're late for work your boss bends you over a desk and spanks you <laughs> i mean maybe not in like all jobs i'm like really, really i've, I've seen the movie where that happens but yeah. go on I only have one dig about that scene. That scene with, with James Spader and Maggie Gyllenhaal was perfect. I used that in classes. I actually show that as a perfect breakdown of a corporal punishment scene. Okay. If there was like 10 seconds where, the, where he asked for consent and she was like, did a little nod, would have been my all-time perfect. Okay, right. moving up. Um, and that's referring to the movie The Secretary. That's moving, the movie The Secretary. I will say, if you want a more modern, really good... Um, like I would say movie version where you can see corporal punishment action, the submission of Emily Marks. Um, okay. It's an actual, it's actually uh, made by people in porn that are into BDSM and not so much just like, I'm going to go do a shoot at kink and like get paid and like get paid to like act like I'm getting spanked. It's like people actually have DS in it. So I think it's a much more nuanced version of it. That's kind of neither here nor there. Um, last question I guess is how are you going to try to call yourself punishing a grown ass person in the first place? Well, I mean, I get to be, lay in and beat the living daylights out of people. I'm 33, my age and 10 to 20 years older than me. Mm -hmm. So the idea, once it comes down to this, is do you have the suspension of disbelief to recognize somebody as an authority figure? Right. So in, in, the, in the little plot space that you've created where somebody tells you, I want you to take this cup of water, put it on your head, and you're going to walk around the room. If the water falls over, I'm going to spank you. Then... It's all up to you to do you have the suspension of disbelief to believe in that scene that I'm an authority figure enough that when I go to bend you over to spank you, you're going to take that punishment. You're going to take that punishment. Can't see air quotations seriously. Right. So it's it's once again, how much do you want to buy into the scene that you've created with somebody? If, if that's not necessarily your dig, then then maybe just simple impacts more the way to go for you. That's what I would always try to tell people. I tell people is corporal punishment is when you beat with a purpose and that purpose may not necessarily be something you enjoy uh, in the bounds of a DS, but it may be something that you're asked to do. Right. So it may well be, uh, it's not just 
fun time scene is what you're talking about mm -hmm. then in when we speak about it from a power exchange perspective <laughs> i have a very clear negotiated scene or uh boundary with dawn that blah 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 she's not allowed to eat cheese in front of me let's say for example yeah and after years of being together she decides oh let me eat this mozzarella in front of you mm -hmm. and i decide to spank her for that mm -hmm. um that would be within the realm of corporal punishment absolutely and not one that she necessarily is enjoying or wants to happen mm -hmm. um not the punishment type not stuff. the punishment that that's if you're going to take it strictly on the ds side on the we're going to have fun with this um, there's a lot of really, really good meaty places you can go with this. Um, for the people that are comfortable with um, religious play, I mean, there is an entire just oi um, <laughs> places you can go. You can even go into self punishment in there. There, there there's self flagellation and things like that. Um, every movie about boys in school from like the 80s right you can go into places like that so how would you how do you negotiate a corporal punishment scene oh so um i break corporal punishment scenes down like a three-act play okay so the first thing you have is is the actual rule and that could be you're not going to sit on this chair that is my chair that is not a place you can go but you'd have to start before that right mm -hmm. so starting the, where do you start at the beginning somebody comes up to you says hey let's do a corporal punishment scene. yeah so it generally comes down to where where they feel is this going to be kind of fun is this going to be serious is this going to be over a length of time because corporal punishment scenes at least the way i do them don't aren't the i can pick up grab my, my grab my paddle and lay into it, it right. there needs to be a bit of time and stewing to it Okay. Is the person more of a brat? Do they want to see how far that they can pull it? Um, God, I can't believe I'm mentioning this. The Family Guy has this hilarious scene <laughs> where Tom Tucker is somehow raising Peter and he's pulling off a, a thing of ice cream. He's like, oh, don't you, don't you, don't you eat that. Don't you, don't you open that. Don't you put that spoon in there. You put that in your mouth, then something's going to happen. You know, how much back and forth do you want to have right. to go through? And then honestly, it almost comes down to the topic. Um... Someone in the community uh, that that bounced a few ideas off of me wanted me to be the the not so much a actual authority, but to be kind of the nebulous government authority figure. Okay, you know, and is and is punishing them for some some sort of lifestyle that they live or things like that, where they where they can feel like they're rebelling. Mm -hmm. So it first off, I have to kind of determine: is this a I'm punishing you because you're you're air quotes awful person and I want to put in some degrading play into that or is this a punishment scene that is going to be played over the night because there's a lot of really neat tension you could pull out of those things mm -hmm. you can have somebody say you know I, I can tell somebody like you're going to keep your panties on even during scenes the entire night and I could sit in a corner and I could just watch them for an hour or two and if they're playing with anybody else or they're having a good time and I could see them. Maybe they're pulling down on it a little bit or I can do that. And I then can stretch that out. If I'm punishing someone afterwards, like, but no, I kept them on the entire time. Yeah, you pulled it down a little bit. This is, this is the proportional response to that. Uh -huh. There is, I, I think, it, I, I really believe like the punishment should fit the crime in terms of that. So you can stretch these things out a really good amount of time depending on how bratty somebody wants to be or how not somebody wants mm -hmm. to be if someone just wants to get straight into it and says i'm act two i'm already being punished you know tell me how awful of a person i am then it all comes down to once again where somebody really wants to go do you find that people use this as a cathartic thing like, oh. like literally tell me what a rotten person absolutely I am. okay so uh, it, with 
corporal punishment, you get a lot of elements of degrading play, a lot of elements of humiliating play. And people want to be, and I feel like it's, it's so many ways that people get into BDSM is the, I've been a bad, insert your appropriate gender here, person, Let I, I need to be punished. And it's because that's, that's how they've grown up seeing impact play. And that's how they've seen it in the media in terms of like, you know, really bad BDSM movies. I'm trying, I'm remembering that movie with like Dan Aykroyd and like Rosie O'Donnell from the nineties. West of Eden. Yes. Yes. That was like one of the first scenes where I ever realized I was bisexual. <laughs> where like the guy was like tied up and like butter was happening and I don't know remember what, but like 10 year old me was like, I'm really confused. <laughs> um, but as far as like when people feel they need to be punished is I feel like it's it's them being punished on their own terms. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, it, unless it is in the confines, even if it is actually in the confines of a power exchange, there's an implicit agreement there. There, there is a consent that necessarily wasn't there in school for them, that necessarily wasn't in there for church for them, uh, that wasn't necessarily in maybe a marriage for them, where they didn't have the power and had were forced to recognize an authority figure. Mm-hmm. Because even if they're only aware of it on a yes, I consent to you doing this, and yes, I'm okay with you doing this, that it's still a radical change in in taking someone's power back. Right. So, are you? Do you ever question whether you're qualified to help people walk through these deep, which it could be well deep-seated mm-hmm. challenges and issues that they're coming up with? That they're, you know, what their response in the current spot is. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to be. I want to do the scene where I'm punished for being a bad boy. Yeah. Right. I don't. I don't necessarily see it as I'm resolving psychological issues mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm nowhere near qualified for that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an engineer for crying out loud. I'm, I'm not a psychologist. I have no training to be. I mean, I studied some speech pathology in college as a minor. Um, so I see it as like most things with King. Can it be a therapy aid, a, a catharsis? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is it a substitute for proper therapy? No, at least not in my view. Mm-hmm. Maybe some people find it that way who can't necessarily afford access to it. And that is that is what gets them as close as they can be. But in the end, if somebody sees it as a catharsis and it isn't in the realm of self-medication, I can't see why it wouldn't be a benefit if done properly. I, it feels like this, for from a top's perspective, mm-hmm. one of the fun or one of the interesting parts would be because it is more creative than mm-hmm. your standard bend over and I'll spank oh, you. Absolutely. You get a person that I was with um, couldn't get into the idea of corporal punishment. Um, was was the in her mindset being anything but the best good girl in the world was, was anathema. It, she but she at the same point she loved being sarcastic as hell. Like loved being the brat. Loved being the brat to the point where those two identities would buck up against one another. Okay. And so the way that I was, we were able to negotiate into corporal punishment was you can brat out, but once you hit a certain place, which we've predetermined, that's when a punishment is going to come in. So she still got to be the person that was, I'm the best service sub in the world. I am the, you know, the best overall sub in the world. Um, but I'm still going to be a bratty little shit if I don't like what you're saying. So it gave her an outlet to be slightly cathartic. It gave me the corporal punishment stuff that I like to do. And it still worked within the framework at the time. Mm-hmm. So it it all depends entirely on what you're trying to put into it. Because I got I enjoy when people brat out. Right. I it it fe- gives me a feedback because I see it as 
I'm hitting somebody. What, is that all you have? Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love when people do that. You know, some people see it, uh, some of my colleagues see it as disrespective. That mm-hmm. is entirely how they perceive it, and that's nothing wrong with that. But when I, I see corporal punishment and brats as almost intertwined, I see the, the two work so well together mm-hmm. because it gives someone that may not necessarily, um, how, are, how are you, my daddy, Dom, master, McMaster hands, whatever, um, you know, uh, why would I submit to you? And if they are strong of will or even a switchy, then it gives them the opportunity to express stuff in, in the confines of which they may not be comfortable in their day-to-day power exchange or how they interact with people mm-hmm. normally. Corporal punishment gives somebody the opportunity to say, all right, here's the rule you're going to break. And they may they may not even tiptoe around it. They may say, no, screw you. I am eating ice cream for dinner. <laughs> and they may, they may love getting off on bucking authority. Right. And they also may really enjoy impact. And so those two things put together... Where they're getting the living, where they're getting paddled, or they're getting spanked, or they're getting bent over, is that they get the catharsis of I broke the rules and I like impact, and this little asshole is going to tell me there's a rule going on. Well, you know what? I'm going to take this hit, and then I'm still going to do the right. thing afterwards. You could still have a lot of fun in that entire time. Can you, it's very interesting <laughs> and to go through this. Mm-hmm. One more question for you, if you don't mind. Though. Yes. Have you ever had a it's gone through the negotiation of, all right, so here's the general idea of the scene, mm-hmm. and here's what you're going to be punished for. Yeah. And have it the person just not do the thing. Yes. And is that like a like a buzzkill? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Because it, it some people may just want to be praised. Mm-hmm. Some people may want to be, um, you know, I, I may want to be just called a good girl or a good boy. Um I, I really believe that if you're going to punish somebody, that the implements you use are fetishized in a way. You know, belts are fantastic um, just because they're worn so close to you. But put th- put it in a place that it is readily seen and people can uh, identify that this is not the toy you get when you're good. This is the toy you get when you are bad. Okay. And so if somebody, let's say, has a favorite toy, then they still enjoy impact. There is a clear line between... This is your favorite paddle and you get such the best subspace from it in the world versus this is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, my belt, you know, that studded leather that makes you scream to high holy heaven mm-hmm. and you're being punished when you use it. Someone may say, I only say, I may even come to the point where somebody doesn't do the thing at all. Oh, you're really good. What's, what do you want as your good thing? What do you want as your reward? Okay. There's two sides to it. Some people may just get off on being really good and getting that that instant that gratification. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's it net it's it's all what you bring to it. Mm-hmm. And so you may still lay into someone, but you may be laying in with their favorite toy while you got their hair pulled back, and you're saying how good they are. Right. And they still may get off to that because they know I I did what I was told. I was really good. So you can flip the coin either way. Well, very cool. Mm-hmm. So I very much uh, have heard wonderful feedback from the last presentation that you did that I'm aware of over at the... Uh, matter of fact, you did a intensive here at the space. Yes, and I, I did. I think you've done something with the Midweek Practice Club as well. Yeah, I've done about four classes for Midweek Practice, um, which broke down if you're going to organize a scene, then if you are dealing with issues that are, I don't want to say traumatic, but 
ones that are slightly taboo for somebody to if you're going to brat out how you can have fun with it. And then an entire day of just going over spanking theory. Mm -hmm. Spanking was the way I got into impact personally. And when you couple that with a lot of engineering classes, you find some really interesting ways to use leverage. (laughs) Um, Life hack for people. If you're going to bend somebody over your knees, do not bend them over both knees. Bend them over one with their legs in between yours. Use your knee to catch the back of theirs. You can twist your hips to keep them in any position you want to, and you will have a blessed and lovely time. <laughs> I love the fact that you co- uh, context that as a uh, as a life hack. Because every time I see somebody bend somebody over to spank, it's always over both on uh-huh. a couch or anywhere else. The and I see like that's great, but then the person will get up and they'll move around. No, you're being bent over and spanked because you were a bad little shit. I'm gonna hold you down, <laughs> and. The great thing about leverage is, is that it's just a lever. I'm just changing your center of gravity. Mm-hmm. So you could have, unless you have like a core where you are ripped, which uh, you can't see it, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> you're not getting up unless you have some severe stomach core body strength. Because all I have to do is let twist my hips a little bit where my knee catches the back of your knee. You've lost your pivot point and all your leverage. Mm-hmm. There's no strength back there. So you're just going to go boom like your hinge should go. Well, I hope you get uh, other opportunities to teach I think you're a wonderful, fresh voice in an area that we need it. How do people get a hold of you if uh, they have questions or want to book your ass? <laughs> I am Reinhardt Lane on FET. Um, you'll notice me because I'm the guy that uh, breaks down slut by like phonetic definition. <laughs> uh, and also I run a group called Columbus Corporal Punishment. Uh, we are 25 members strong with three posts. I am very very proud of the turnout and all three posts are for Very me. Very cool. Um, in terms of another class, I'm going to be doing another one on how to, quote unquote, how to tame your brat in January, uh, late January, early February, depending on when midweek has the availability again. And whenever people want me to do another spanking intensive, I have enough people that would want to show up and you have the space for it. Fantastic. Appreciate your time today. And um, I would normally say something snarky or cute at this point, but I don't want to get punished. Oh! Fantastic. Thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure. I think that went Thank you for supporting the podcast. Toss us as little as a dollar by heading over to eroticawakening.com and click on the support us on Patreon button. Our end music is provided by Pocket Universe and the song is Whim. We are going to be in their area soon, maybe Indeed too. we are. The official EA Twatter is Andy. The person, well, people, we've seen most recently is Drift, Painted Ember, and Trish. So they've actually been here at the space. The current sender of tentacles is Kittens Darling. And the provider of graphic novels is Johnny Jackhammer and the Good Witch of the North of the Sequential Sex Podcast. He, he, he sent me the bondage fairies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's You're still liking the bondage yes. fairies, yes. <laughs> I am. <laughs> and the official food that goes on boobs is lactating cupcakes. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. <laughs>